It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can win the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to Locked On Packers on Spotify, on iTunes, on Google Play. Wherever you find podcasts, you'll find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast in the state of Wisconsin. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. You can find us on your smart device. You can tell your car to play Locked On Packers if it's connected to your phone. Or if it's one of those really smart cars that just knows. Some cars just know. I don't know how they know, but they know. Uh, Mark Bullock from The Athletic is going to be on the show today to talk about Preston Smith. And I think this is a player that a lot of fans are not going to be as intimately familiar with. Someone like Adrian Amos, we saw twice a year. We saw him play for Chicago. We saw him play a lot. And we saw what that defense looked like with him in it. So it was a little bit easier. That was one of the reasons, frankly, why I started with him is because that that is a player that I think more Packer fans have institutional knowledge about and is a player that more Packer fans were were able to have an informed opinion about having watched him play so much more often than some of these other players. So I'm excited uh, to bring that to you. Mark is a, a really smart uh, football guy uh, really does a lot of interesting and and detailed work when it comes to the X's and O's, the film breakdowns. And and I told him, you know, when we were corresponding to get this scheduled, I said, you know, I've I've really come to enjoy following you, and and I learn a lot from doing so. So hopefully, you will learn a lot. Uh, has some really great insight, I think, about Preston and and the kind of player. He can be for Green Bay, one of the reasons that that he may have appealed to Green Bay. And I think most importantly, when it comes to these contracts, can he live up to it? And what he might still have in the tank? What are the things that, that he can improve on that can make it so he can maximize the contract number? Because it is a big number. It gets to be a big number in 2020 and beyond. And so can he improve? Can he can he can he reach the potential that he has in terms of just scratching the surface to this point? Because it does seem like from talking to people that that follow the team, that that is how the team felt about him, that that he was very talented and could be producing at a higher level if he just was able to get a little bit better in a couple areas, be used a little bit differently potentially. So we'll get to that in a little bit. I want to start the show, though, with a discussion about the cornerback group because Monday, Bashad Breland was signed by Kansas City. And it was a small one-year deal, maxing out around $5 million with incentives. And I think you know it's fair to wonder why Green Bay wasn't in that market. And I think the short answer is because they feel comfortable with Tremont Williams on the team. And why do I say that? Well, 
Jamal Williams is going to get $6 million this year, and he's going to be the starting free safety. And then next year, he's probably going to be off the team. So if that's the case, he is your break-in-case-of-emergency corner, something he did last year, flipped back and forth because of injuries. And that means they're not going to move Tony Brown, not going to move Josh Jackson. These are things I've suggested that they consider. But it doesn't seem like they're going to consider them, and that's fine. Um, They obviously know these players better than I do, and they have a plan, you assume. So when you look at this cornerback group, if they stay healthy, and obviously that's a big if with this group, but having Kevin King, who looks like a really good player when he is on the field, and and we saw that last year, we saw the drop-off when he was off the field, and how much they struggled at times. But early in the year when he was on the field, he played really well. Had battles with Devontae Adams in training camp. If he's healthy, he can be a good corner. We know what Jair Alexander is right now. That's a good player. We think, I think, he can be a great player. I think he can be a Chris Harris-type corner who can play in the slot as a playmaker, can play on the outside, can can do a little bit of everything for you, can set the tone for you culturally and be a cornerstone piece for this defense. Beyond that, we don't have a lot of known quantities. We don't know what to look at here. Josh Jackson had an up-and-down defensive season. And I, I don't think it's being given enough respect that he's a rookie and a young rookie. One year, really, of of college experience, a lot of zone coverage at Iowa. Man coverage is still new to him. And the NFL game is still new to him. Rookie corners tend to struggle. And inconsistency is common. That's why it was so heartening to see Kevin King take what felt like a year too leap before he got hurt. He made an adjustment, and he had a lot more experience in college than Jackson. And what we also saw from Jackson was the ability to cover in the slot. I thought it was strange that they put him there so often, but he got better. In in week one, I thought he played really well against Chicago covering Trey Burton and covering Tariq Cohen. And maybe we see him a little bit more often. Just because Jair Alexander is built like a slot corner doesn't mean he has to play the slot. So maybe in base, which is really nickel for the Packers, If they're going to play three corners, Josh Jackson doesn't have to be moved to safety to be doing some of the things that you would ask a safety to do. Let's say an opposing offense comes out in a two-receiver set. You can put Josh Jackson on the field with King and Jair, and he can cover the tight end or he can cover the back. And he can do some things that you would normally have a safety do. That's the benefit of having a versatile player like him. We don't know how good he is or how good he can be. Physically, I think he has the tools you look for. Not quite as fast. That's why he's a little bit better suited as a zone corner. Not quite as twitchy, but his long and the ball skills, the instincts. We saw it in the preseason. When he can play off, when he can read quarterbacks, he is really adept at finding the ball and making plays on it. And I think he just has to marry that a little bit better with trying to get the technique down in man coverage and all of the stuff that comes along with that. I expect him to take a jump. By all accounts, a great kid, a tremendously hard worker, and it does seem like Kevin King, Jair Alexander, and Josh Jackson all really feed off playing with one another. 
and all really feed off working with one another, you add in someone like Tony Brown, who is a big personality and an aggressive attacking defender, someone who wants to get physical, who wants to make tackles, who wants to make every play. I mean, I just love his attitude on the field. Absolutely love it. He is a dog and you want dogs on your defense. You give me 11, I don't talent level, whatever. And Tony Brown is talented, but I'm just saying whatever talent level you have, the thing that I want more than anything else as a defensive player are you a dog? Do you want to just get after it and and relentlessly pursue with attitude? Yes. Yes. And Tony Brown is that dude. And even if it gets you know over the edge at times, the taunting penalties, the, the unnecessary roughness stuff, by the way, those were weak calls. I, I don't I just don't care. It, they're not dangerous plays. As long as you're not dangerous, you're not hurting somebody, I just don't care. Play with attitude. Play with verve. Play with an edge. That's what I want out of a defensive player, and that's what he has. They're probably going to draft someone. And remember, Tremont Williams is the fifth corner if necessary. But they're probably going to draft someone, not high, but if someone's there, then maybe they take them. Fourth round, fifth round. And we say, well, what, what can that guy bring? Well, hopefully they don't have to bring anything because you have four guys that you have faith in. So if they have to play 10% of snaps, 15% of snaps, if they have to come in for half a game or even a game and be your third or fourth corner, that's not the end of the world. They have talent at the cornerback position like they haven't had in a long time. They need it to develop. They need it to stay healthy. They need those guys to be on the field. And if they are, this team could have something really, really outstanding for the next, you know, five, six, seven years. Secondaries tend not to last that much longer just because the turnover at the position is such that it's hard to sustain success. You know, look at what the what the Ravens had. Look at what Seattle had. Those kinds of things are great in five, six year spans. And then when guys age out of athletic peak. Things tend to go downhill, but they have they've got four young guys that they can feel good about moving forward. And and that is more than a lot of teams in the NFL can say. The reopening is right around the corner, and there's a chance that no one has seen your balls in months. Don't ruin your first post-quarantine date with a ball fro. Would you show up on the first day of school without a haircut? Manscaped is here to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Do you really want the next person to see your down there hair to think you weren't expecting anyone to see it? No one wants that. The Lawnmower 3.0 is the best hygiene tool for the modern man. Because of their ceramic blade and skin safe technology, your snags will be reduced while preparing yourself for post quarantine life. The Perfect Package 3.0 comes with the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0, water resistant, cordless body trimmer, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag for you to use when you're done quarantining. The Perfect Package 3.0 also comes with the Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver, the Perfect 
one-two punch to keep your one-two punch fresh all day long. Subscribers to the Peak Hygiene Plan get a new replacement blade refill for your lawnmower trimmer delivered to your door every three months, making sure your trimmer stays fresh and clean so you can too. There is a light at the end of the tunnel, so treat yourself for making it through quarantine with the Lawnmower 3.0. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code locked on at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com when you use the promo code locked on. Matt Williamson brings the scouts' perspective to the Locked On NFL podcast. You got to talk. 2018 quarterbacks. Josh Allen has the best quarterback record aside from Lamar Jackson, but the lowest completion percentage other than Josh Rosen. He's just been a complete garbage for the most part when he's been allowed to play. Yeah. I just want to throw a couple nuggets out on Allen, and I know he's a lot bigger, a lot stronger, but he kind of reminds me of early career RG3. What's kind of remarkable about Allen is he is so gifted. And he got better, I thought, this past year, which is encouraging with the anticipatory throws and the touch of his throws. But his deep ball passing is like the worst in the league. Hear Matt with co-host Brian Peacock every day on Locked On NFL. Subscribe or follow today wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's bring in Mark Bullock to talk Preston Smith. He covers Washington at the Athletic DC. You can find him on Twitter at Mark Bullock NFL. Mark, thanks for joining Locked On Packers. Uh, thanks for having me. So Preston Smith is not a player that I think a lot of non-Washington fans are going to think is you know an elite pass rusher. The sack numbers are not there, but he gets a pretty big contract to play with the Green Bay Packers, I- irrespective of the contract itself. Just give me, you know, sort of a 30,000 foot view of Preston Smith, the player, who he is, where he wins and and where maybe he struggles. So he's one of the players that he you're right in that he's kind of undervalued. He's under the radar um, and he's kind of in some ways he's a frustrating player because he has so much upside and potential, but he he hasn't quite managed to fulfill that. Um, and it always feels like there's there's something more to get out of him, um, and you just you just can't quite squeeze that little bit extra that you need out of him to make him take the next step. Um, he, in terms of his pass rushing tools, he's got just about everything you would want. I think he's listed at six five, two hundred and sixty five pounds, um, something around there. Um, he's got incredibly long arms. He's got great wingspan, and and that length is is his key trait. He he really wins um, with his length and, and keeping himself clean. Um, he has good but not great hands, and um, when he wins with his hands, he can often beat tackles with with a long arm rush, um, and even guys like. Um, uh, Smith from the Cowboys have, have had troubles with with his long arm rush, so um, he he really really wins with that quite a lot. Um, he has good athletic ability. Um, the Redskins have asked him to drop into coverage a fair amount, um, when, especially when they play their um, three four base package um, and and they want to drop into a, a seven man zone, zone coverage. Um, that 
they they don't like Ryan Kerrigan dropping into coverage. Um, and and Smith has a little bit more athletic ability than Kerrigan. He's a little bit more loose hipped and and has the ability to drop into coverage and and run a little bit more than Kerrigan does. Um, so so Preston Smith's kind of the guy that gets to do the dirty work in in that regard. Um, so with the Packers, I'd imagine they they let him loose a little bit more. They'd let him rush a, a little bit more regularly. Um, the the sort of the only real thing that he lacks as a rusher is he doesn't have the elite get off. He doesn't have that burst off the line that that you know Von Miller's um, will have that can make them beat a guy with speed. He he's not a guy that will necessarily beat tackles with speed. He can bend he can bend the edge um, and he can turn the corner just fine. But he doesn't have the get off to really trouble tackles where they're rushing their feet and and can't catch up so he has to win a little, a little bit more of a nuanced rush um and and that will come more with with the hand fighting and um and the long arm rush and, and using his length so he can keep himself clean um and, and tackles just can't get hold of him and that's when he can use his strength as well he's he's quite a strong guy um so in terms of a pass rusher i think that's it's kind of an overview of where he's at he 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 impacts a lot of rushes um and and like He's in Washington. They they call him kind of the the best nearly sack guy that there is. He <laughs> he gets very close on a lot of rushes, but he just doesn't finish enough of them. Um, I, I'm sure you've seen the sack numbers. He's yet to have a ten digit or double digit sack season in his career. Um, and then he just he feels like he's got the talent and the potential to get to sort of the ten, twelve, maybe even fourteen sack a season kind of guy. Um, he's just not getting there. He's not finishing rushes. He he gets very close. He'll get a hand on the quarterback and and stuff. But and but he just won't he won't always prevent a, a pass being thrown. Um, but he will impact a, a a a play and he'll he'll stop quarterbacks from taking deep shots because they'll have to move. And he'll force checkdowns and and he will get to the quarterback. Um, and he'll get his fair share of sacks as well. But he just he hasn't quite taken the step where he's really elite and dominant. And so what if if there is going to be something that allows him to take that leap? I mean, you mentioned being close. You're still affecting the play when you're close. You can still, if you move a QB off his spot, generally speaking, most quarterbacks, unless they're Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes, you're going to make them a lot yeah. worse. But what does he have to do to take that level? Because Green Bay is paying him like, Maybe not a top 10 edge rusher, but a top 15, top 20 type player. How can he make that leap? Where does he have to get to um, in terms of polishing his skill or whatever it is to make him that that, you know, more impactful play to play guy? And, and can do you see him doing that? Can he get there? I, I think he can. Um, you, you see the, the potential is there. And when you see the potential, you, you always feel that the guy can get there um and if you watch certain games against the panthers he had a real good game he really impacted a lot of it um against the texans he he had some impact against the cowboys he he usually does well so he he can i think he can get there um there, there were some reports and and these were reports from other people not myself so I, I can confirm them but there were some reports that early on in his career he was a little bit lazy and, and he needs a little bit of a kick up the uh, backside to get him going um and, and perhaps a, a change of scenery will, will help that um maybe some new coaching um and and 
in Washington, they had various different coaches telling him different things. Sometimes he was with the linebackers, sometimes with the defensive line coach. Um, a few years ago, they they had Greg Minuski as an outside linebackers coach purely for pass rushers, and then he got promoted, and I don't think they replaced him. So, like, they, they've had some various different coaches coaching his group, his position. Um, so perhaps someone that's dedicated to that position and, and one clear voice will, will help him in that regard. Um, but I, it's about him putting it all together. I, I think that the improving the hand fighting is key for him. He is good in that aspect, but because he doesn't have that burst, he, he needs to be great with his hands. He needs to be perfect with placement and he needs to be at a hundred percent on every rep. And I think allowing him to rush more regularly will help. Um, as I said, he, he was dropped into coverage probably more than he should have been, uh, in Washington. Um, and, and you could even move him around some, um, he has the potential to do that. Um, they, they did some of that with, with him at linebacker where he would stand up and move around and rush from an in, inside linebacker spot. Uh, I I think he he's got the the frame to put on a little bit more weight, and if you wanted him to, he could move inside from and rush from a three technique spot. But I'm not sure whether the Packers would want that with with Daniels and Clark inside. I think they're probably pretty set there. So um, letting him work a tackle a little bit more regularly than the Redskins often got away from letting him really work a tackle and and building up kind of a, a feel of a game and, and setting up one rush with another sort of thing. So um, I, I think just a, a clear mind, it's a, a more consistency and and improving the hands so that they get to as good as they can be. Um, because with his length, no tackles can can get their hands on him if he, if he wins with his hands. So um, I think that's the key for him to take the next step. And luckily for him, he will have a dedicated outside linebackers coach in Green Bay. They brought in Mike Smith uh, from Kansas City, so he should have that. And he's not going to be the maybe the the one pass rusher for the Packers, but he's going to rush a lot. And and I like what you said about his ability to play from the a gap, maybe kick inside. I mean, do you think he could be like a like a sub package interior rusher because that was certainly one of the main appeals of the 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 Zadarius Smith signing, he can play all over. And it seems like yeah. Preston Smith is the same kind of guy. He did play all over uh, in college to the point where I thought maybe his best position was to add weight and play five technique. Yeah, I I, I kind of thought a very similar thing. Um, and when uh, during his early years of his career, and the Redskins had tons of issues with their defensive line, um, and then they had... Trent Murphy and Ryan Kerrigan playing outside linebacker. They 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 did talk about letting Preston Smith put on a little bit more weight and kick inside to the five technique. Um, but then they got lucky and Jonathan Allen fell to them and they drafted Matt Ioannidis and he's come along and Deron Payne now as well. So um, they they didn't. Not only did they not kick him inside and let him put up more weight, they they never even really allowed him to put his hand in the dirt and move inside a, sort of a three technique or even a one technique over um, the center in the A gap or the B gap. That um, they didn't let him do any of that. Um, and J- Jay Gruden actually mentioned quite often that um, they'd like to see him move around a little bit more um, and, and play with his hand in the dirt. 
uh, as a three tech um, and and try to beat some guards with quickness um, and especially with his length like guards are typically have shorter arms so um, if tackles yeah. struggle to get their hands on him then guards are going to struggle to get their hands on him so uh, and maybe they, that they burst is to mitigated not having that quick first step against a guard exactly. might be a little bit easier to win early exactly and as you say that's kind of something that they the packers got in zedarius smith is is the, the ability to move inside um and so and preston smith i think is similar i think he can do that they've just with especially the last year or two when they've had jonathan allen and matt ionitis and Jerome Payne inside they've they've been reluctant to get away from those guys rushing inside so they never kicked preston smith inside but i think he can certainly do that um and if if the packers can find a way to let him do that then uh, i think he would benefit too I, I appreciate all the insight on Preston Smith. I do, before I let you go, want to ask you, uh, because the Packer fan base, they were very interested in Landon Collins. Yep. And he got very paid. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I just wanted to get your perspective on that. Is this, obviously it's a huge deal. Six years, $84 million, $14 million a season. For Washington, I mean, aside from being, you know, Tuscaloosa North, is there <laughs> yeah. is there a world in which Landon Collins can make this contract worth it in Washington? Uh, it's that's quite a loaded question, given the, the yeah the size of the contract is surprising, especially given the Alex Smith contract situation and the quarterback situation in general. Um, that they only had. 17 billion cap room going into this so it was kind of a surprise to see them do that big of a deal for collins um but they have a huge need at safety um like ridiculous you you guys saw how clinton Dix got traded there um and that kind of relegated monte nicholson who was doing well um and then he had some trouble off the field uh they cut G- dj swearinger after he spoke out one too many times against the coaches um, so they had a huge need there. And, you know, the the Alabama connection, Collins, it's hard to say anyone's worth that amount of money. Um, I, I, I don't necessarily think he is. I think he's a good player. I think he's a really good player. Um, I, I don't think he's just a box safety as some people have made him out to be. Obviously, that's his elite. Well, maybe not elite, but that's his best trait is playing in the box, playing the run. Um, and, and he played some dime linebacker last year as well, which, which I think he could play more of. Um, but he can cover. He's not a guy that you want covering tight ends um, that are elite. He doesn't match up well against, like, Jordan Reed has had his number a few times, um, or George Kittle beat him a couple times last year. So he's not someone that you necessarily want matching up against the elite tight ends. You don't want him walking out and covering a slot receiver, but... He can do the pattern matching concepts that he ran at Alabama. He, 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 the Redskins obviously are going to be looking to run that kind of stuff with the number of Alabama players they've got now. Um, and so I think he fits with what they're trying to do. Um, and almost they've almost paid extra for the cultural aspect of it, of, of having that Alabama culture, that leader on defense, um, and, and finally, hopefully, finally getting a safety that they can rely on for a number of years um, to sort of anchor that defensive backfield. Great. Mark, I told you before we started that uh, I've really enjoyed getting getting more of your work and getting to know the work that you do. So let my audience 
uh, find you as well. Let them know where they can find uh, the work that you do. Uh, so on, on Twitter, I'm just at Mark Bullock NFL. Um, and I, I write for The Athletic DC. Um, and obviously subscribe to The Athletic. You can get all sorts of um, coverage over there. And um, that you don't. it's not just limited to one city. When you get one subscription, you get access to everything. So there's tons of good NFL stuff on there on the Packers on the Redskins on on everything so um yeah that's that's where two places you can find me and great NFL draft coverage as we shift our focus to that coming up in a couple of weeks Mark I appreciate yeah. you taking the time today yeah thank you thank you for having me on all right I want to thank Mark again for joining the show a really informative discussion and, you know, I think one of the things that he hit on that that Packer fans have to be excited about is the upside. That with a little bit better technique and with a little bit more opportunities to do the kinds of things that he's really good at, he could really become a more impactful player in the stat sheet. Someone that gets eight, ten sacks a year. You know, we talk about this on this show a lot. And, you know, talent is is just unrealized potential. And you don't want to be a player who's talked about as talented. You want to be a player that's talked about as being good. And right now, Preston Smith is just talented. He can do some things well. He's a very versatile player. He's not talked about because he's a very good player. He is a solid player right now. He has the physical tools to be very good. And that's why you like the potential. You like the talent. You like signing someone that you think can be at 26, better at 27, better at 28. There is still potential here. The Packers did not, with any of these signings, did not pay for the player that they that these guys were. These contracts are not worth it if you're paying for the player that those guys were. They might not be worth it anyway. But Brian Gutekinds didn't sign Preston Smith for more than $50 million because of the player he was. It's the player that Brian thinks Preston Smith can be and that's where he has to get to he has to work to get that because if he doesn't get better he's not going to be worth the money he has to be now being on the field is huge and that availability is huge and I don't think that can be understated here because the Packers have had a problem just putting bodies on the field Zadarius and Preston Smith both have been available for their teams and so is Adrian Amos that matters But availability only goes so far. And Preston Smith, I think we heard, has the potential to be a very good player, especially for this defense moving forward. And, you know, it's got to get you excited to see him on the field. Now we know he's going to wear 91. You can get those visions of him in your head about what he's going to look like on this defense. And we're only a couple weeks away from those guys getting out there on the field and actually practicing and us us getting to to hear reports about how they look and, and how everything's going. So... We'll be back tomorrow. Uh, more of these down the way. I have to get them scheduled, uh, and we will get them scheduled. I, I certainly want to spend time on Zadarius Smith, uh, but there's uh, there's going to be time to do that. We have uh, plenty of time between now and the draft, more than a month. So we'll get that going when we can. Uh, we will focus our discussions on the news that's going out there. Free agency Green Bay still has money to make a deal, so they, they very well might do that. It's just not going to be Bashad Breland. Uh, unfortunately, uh, that was a prediction I had. So, you know, that I, I missed on that one. But I think he's going to help Kansas City and, and good for them. So maybe they maybe they trade defensive backs. Maybe Eric Berry shows up in Green Bay because he's still he still needs a home. 
Remember, you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. Leave us a review, a rating. And uh, if you didn't make a friend yesterday, tell a friend Tuesday. Make a friend Monday. If you missed it, tell a friend Tuesday. Let's do this. Let's continue to grow Locked on Packers. We're still growing. One, we were one of the, the five biggest growth shows last week. And we're already one of the top shows on the whole network. So that's pretty incredible. Thanks to everyone who has supported us through the offseason. And uh, we've had plenty to talk about. Free agency is, uh, is, is often a time that we don't have much to say. But the last two have been extremely busy. And that means, and that means a lot of stuff for us to talk about. So that's what we're here for. That's why we're talking about them. And we're here every day, four days a week in the offseason, five days a week during the season. Anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked On Packers Fan Hotline, you can do that, 920-341-3775 to stay Locked On Packers. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Podcast Network, but why stop now? Check out the daily Locked On Podcast Network for your favorite NBA team. Find it right now in your favorite podcast app and be sure to subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.